the processing industries, safety has been first and foremost for a long time. And a lot of them are realizing those practices that we do in safety are directly attributable to security. You're never done. You know, you can't say I solved safety yesterday, let's go on to the next problem. No, it's a, it's a constantly evolving thing. It's the exact same thing for security. Welcome to Manufacturing Happy Hour, the podcast where we get real about the latest trends and technologies impacting modern manufacturers. Manufacturing Happy Hour. Each week, we interview industry experts that are at the top of their craft and give you the tools, tactics and strategies you need to take your career and your business to the next level. And now your host, Chris Lukey. Hey, what is happening? Today we're talking about cybersecurity. You guys keep asking for it, we keep doing it. Great topic, and even more appropriately, this episode is coming out in October 2020, and October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Today we're going to be talking to Mark Kerrigan, the COO from PAS Global, a Houston, Texas-based company focused on process safety, cybersecurity, and asset reliability. Now, not only am I excited to talk to Mark about my old stomping grounds of Houston, Texas, but here are three more things you can expect from today's episode. First, we're going to define what ensuring OT security means. We'll talk about misconceptions around security and then some terminology like network anomaly detection and asset management. Second, we're going to talk about process industries and establishing a culture of security. Finally, with digitalization and remote work on the rise, we talk about the new security landscape and how to prepare for these current realities. As always, you can find all resources over at the show notes page. You can do that at manufacturinghappyhour.com, where we'll have white papers as well as info on PAS's Optics Conference that's going to be available virtually through January of 2021, depending on when you're listening to this. Their website is super simple. It's PAS.com. That'll take you right to their page. And if you want to access the conference, you can do that by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash optics, just like how it's spelled, optics. As always, if you are enjoying the show, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes. That'll take you straight to that platform on your iPhone or desktop. And finally, I mentioned we were going to be going to my old stomping grounds. So before we get into another excellent conversation about cybersecurity, let's talk about Houston watering holes with Mark Kerrigan. Mark, you're based down in Houston, correct? I am. So, you know, let's say we were having this conversation over a drink at a bar, like, or, or a favorite watering hole down there. Where uh, where might that be? Oh, man. You're talking to a guy married with teenage kids, so my days <laughs> are like they used to be. Yeah. But, uh, oh, man, let's see. Back in the day, I certainly liked Keneally's a lot on uh, on uh, on Shepherd, a good little traditional uh, Irish bar. Uh, oh, okay. Which, uh, which is a nice spot. So I used to live around the corner from there. And so I would say that's certainly a, uh, it's been a while since I've been to the old haunt, but I certainly enjoyed that. Keneally's. I don't know if I ever made it there when I lived there. The, I think, I can't remember if this was on Shepherd, um, but there was a place called the Red Lion. Um, I think it was on Shepherd. It's a British pub. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
okay. I think that oh, where is the red lion? It's been a long time again, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I would say I, I used to around the corner from Keneally, so that was sort of a, certainly a stop watering hole. But uh, went to a lot of different places too. So nice. Well, Keneally's. Yeah, it's a dive. Oh, that's that's my favorite. All right. Well, for those of you listening out there today, we have another security episode in store for you. Today, we'll be talking to Mark Kerrigan, the COO of PAS Global, a company that reduces process safety risks and delivers software solutions that prevent, detect, and remediate cyber threats. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. Happy to be here. Excited to have you on, and in true manufacturing happy hour fashion, as we were just talking about uh, one of your old favorite watering holes in Houston, you know, we got to start off in happy hour fashion. And and as I was getting ready for this, one thing I saw that your company does is that they ensure OT integrity. So let's say that you and I are grabbing a drink at Kerrigan's on Shepherd in Houston, and someone comes up to you and they're like, Keneally's, I believe you're referring to. Keneally's. Keneally's. Irish name, so we're good. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, Mark, you have such a great name for a bar. Like, I, <laughs> I can't believe I messed that up. We were literally just talking about this. Anyway, thank you for, uh, for correcting me on that. So let's say we're hanging out at Keneally's and someone says, hey, you know, I hear you guys ensure OT integrity. What does that mean? How do you explain that to someone when you're having a drink with them at the bar? Sure. Well, uh, hopefully we're getting to more fun topics as well besides that. But uh, the um, uh, I'll describe it this way. Uh, the, the customers that we serve, primarily the processing industries, uh, heavy processing industries, metals and mining and refining and petrochemicals, et cetera, I'll call those mm-hmm. the processing industries. Um, they have three key things that they're trying to do just to just to survive, just to be as a business. Number one, top of mind is process safety. We've got to run these places safely. What they do is inherently hazardous. What they do can cause major incidents, and they've got to be safe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Second big concern is cybersecurity. No one cared about cybersecurity a bunch of years ago, but now cybersecurity is a big deal. Uh, And uh, they realize it's a new threat that can actually impact process safety we just talked about, and they've got to take things to, to improve security. And finally, they are all launching digitalization efforts. They are all going on a, uh, a journey to get more uh, value out of the data that they have about their operations, better analytics, make better business decisions. And they're going on that journey. So they got to they got to improve safety. They got to do good security and they want to unlock the value of digitalization. You can accomplish none of those unless you have integrity of your OT assets, OT being the control systems that actually drive production. Modern plants run on automation. Without automation, they do not run. Those assets must have integrity to be able to achieve those three key objectives. And that's what we do at PAS. We ensure the integrity of the OT assets so you can achieve those three mission-critical objectives of safety, cybersecurity, and digitalization. I love that. Great answer that even if you're on your second pint of Guinness, you can still walk away and <laughs> uh, and comprehend that pretty easily. And they have that at Keneally's. They do indeed. Oh, I have I have no doubt. That's uh, wh- when I'm at an Irish bar, that's usually my go to regardless of what I'm feeling. Shameless so. plug. I actually prefer Murphy's Irish stout to Guinness, but that's just me. Mm. 
That's a-okay. That's a-okay as well. I, uh, I'll tell you what, when I was in Ireland a couple of years ago, I think I finally confirmed that the Guinness does taste a little better over there, but uh, <laughs> it's all for the ambiance. But um, I could talk about beer and bars all day, but I do want to stick on this cybersecurity topic. And since I mentioned in the intro, this is not the first time we've talked about this on the show. In fact, this is a really popular topic with our audience. You know, one of the things I, I love to ask at the start because we all see different things out there is what's one of the biggest mistakes you see industrial companies making around cybersecurity? Great question. I would say that they, the word panic is a wrong word, but basically they might launch into investments around shiny, cool toys uh, to show that they're making progress without really understanding what their overall risk is and what things can they do to ultimately reduce the risk? Security is a risk game, uh, just like process safety is. You cannot take the risk to zero. We have a control system that is a computer uh, that is connected, even if it's not connected, we'll get into that. But point is, is that you can't say with 100%, I can eliminate cybersecurity as a risk to my business. It can't be done there. So you have to mm -hmm. reduce and ultimately, a risk-based approach is probably the best way to invest your precious security dollars. What things can I do to take out the most risk? And sometimes people get um, uh, sort of transfixed by a cool technology that looks really good with great UIs and does all kinds of things, but maybe doesn't take out the most risk. And I'd say that's probably the biggest thing companies should be thinking about when they're figuring out how do I prioritize cybersecurity? That's an awesome answer. And, and in fact, the, the shiny object syndrome is something that comes up, not not just for cybersecurity investments, but any investment in general. It's a nice, easy way to feel like you're making progress, even if it's not truly reducing that risk. So I, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but, you know, let's let's say someone is maybe about to make that mistake. What's what's a better first step that they can take to reducing their risk? Yeah, great question. So ultimately, Security and OT, so I'm going to take one step back. Security and OT still is behind IT. I don't think anyone would, would mm -hmm. deny that. OT, again, the computer's automation. For the rest of the show, I'm going to base or this conversation, I'm talking about OT is control systems, automation systems, and IT being traditional yep. assets, and I won't revisit that. Great differentiation. So the the OT assets, they're just different, and 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 they have different characteristics. They have different uh, reliability requirements compared to IT, so they're they're a bit different. And so the 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 way security has not been as advanced as it has in the IT world, but it is getting better. And ultimately, what I would say is the best thing that you can do to get started is the fundamentals. Fundamentals reduce the most amount of risk. Just to do, do the stuff that maybe isn't quote as sexy, uh, but is critical to reducing that risk. It's establishing a good inventory. It's understanding your vulnerabilities. Uh, mm -hmm. It is understanding the risk that is within the networks and trying to reduce that risk. And ultimately, eventually, regulations are probably more likely to become more of an issue in the industries than they are today. They are kind of, but not really a big driver at this point in time, um, depending upon the industry you're in. But ultimately, fundamentals will matter, both in reducing risk as well as um, setting yourself up for success when regulations come in. Awesome answer. We're going to get into some of the the bigger topics here in in our next question. And you know, we're talking about the process industry. You kicked off with that. We're talking about petrochem. We're talking about chemical, oil and gas, etc. Some of the most 
critical processes in our space. You know, this is, like you said, it's an in industry that really can't afford to slack on security, you know, especially relative to some other industries. What's the overall philosophy behind cybersecurity right now that you're seeing in this process space, if we had to lump it all into one, yeah. one area? And I certainly want to include, you know, the, the, the uh, power industry as well, electrical, mm -hmm. et cetera. I certainly include those with um, the process industry as well. Overall, I would say that it's the trend is good. Uh, that okay. people recognize this is something, you know, 15 years ago, no one cared about this. 10 years ago, no one cared about this. It wasn't considered a threat. Uh, that's changed. And people realize due to well-documented uh, attacks uh, that are that are that that have happened in there, uh, in the OT world that have caused, you know, disruptions in production uh, and the potential impact. That is the worst case scenario is very scary, uh, which thankfully has not happened yet. Uh, but uh, the companies are realizing it's something that they need to do. So they are investing. The investments are increasing in that area. But at the mm -hmm. same time, I think uh, there's universal agreement that we're not where we need to be yet. There mm. still is more work to do in this area. These OT assets are particularly vulnerable. They Many of them are quite old. Uh, people sometimes are surprised that OT assets, oftentimes that run critical industry, are 20 years old. 20-year-old mm -hmm. computers running critical processes. Well, why don't you upgrade it? It's very, very expensive. There's a lot of reasons why we can get into, uh, but it's just very difficult to do, just the nature of the beast of these OT assets. So security is naturally lagged, and so it's coming along. It's a journey. I'm confident that the industry is getting there, and in the next five years, uh, we will continue to get better, but it's not where it needs to be. Yeah, it's funny that you bring that up because as someone that that works for an industrial control company and and that worked in Houston for a while, I have seen the age of of some of those assets down there, and it makes sense. You know, you're dealing with processes that ultimately run twenty four seven, three sixty five. There are only so many windows where you can update that stuff, and I, and I think what what your answer was was right in line with something I heard your CEO mention on another podcast a few years ago. Eddie Habibi was talking about companies will be ready for cybersecurity when you can go into a plant and there's that culture of security. And I thought he had a great analogy around that where he had said, you know, you see when you go into a manufacturing plant, a sign that says X number of days since last safety incident, 300 safe days, 600 safe days, whatever it is. You know, he, he was saying, there's going to be a point where eventually it says 30 days since last security incident, 300 days since last security incident. Do you think that's the right way to put it? And how many companies do you see that are getting towards this stage where there is really more of a culture of security? Yeah, great question. And I think companies are going in that direction. In fact, I think some of the most successful companies are trying to build that culture of, of security. And in mm -hmm. fact, uh, as I mentioned, the, the, you know, the processing industries, safety has been first and foremost for a long time. And a right. lot of them are realizing those practices that we do in safety are directly attributable to security. They're both mm -hmm. risk games. They're both about mm -hmm. constant awareness. You're never done. You know, you can't say I solved safety yesterday. Let's go on to the next problem. No, it's a, it's a constantly evolving thing. It's the exact same thing for security. It's something mm -hmm. we're just gonna, it's a new business reality that we have to deal with. And they're trying to build that in. They're trying to build that culture in. They're trying, you know, regular notifications, you know, safety is your responsibility. Security is your responsibility. Don't click on things, all these, these things that are doing. And so, yes, we are definitely seeing companies embrace that. 
It goes even further than that. They're actually taking a lot of the risk-based analyses from safety and applying them to security. The, if you will, the you know, risk is two things, right? It's probability times consequence. Um, mm-hmm. And you already know in the processing industries what the consequences are. They document that very well through things called process hazard analyses um, and other things where they, okay, if this bad thing happened, if this if this thing overpressures, then I could have caused an explosion, just as an example. So what do you mm-hmm. do to avoid that? Here's the three things you put in to prevent that overpressure from happening. You can leverage that same information about the consequence, then mm-hmm. what you do from the security side is, okay, how can security cause that particular safety impact? So what safe or security things do I put in to do so? I'm just giving you an example of how people are leveraging security best practices into helping reduce risk from the cyber angle. And and I think that parallel, especially in the process space where we're starting to equate safety and security in that same bucket to, you know, to have one, you have to have the other. I think that's huge. And like you said, for the process industry, you know, it's it's something they've been doing for decades. The whole safety thing is not new to them. So as you equate that to security as well, having to have that in place makes perfect sense. I'd love to go a step further. You know, what's the next thing that needs to change? Where are the opportunities? Where do you see some of the low hanging fruit immediate opportunities for improvement? Yeah, I I hate to go back to the fundamentals, but it is amazing how many companies still don't have a good inventory of all Mm. of their devices out there on their networks. And let's let's get into this concept of inventory a little bit, because I have to admit, if I ask uh, five different people, what is an OT inventory? I will get eight different answers. So ultimately, to have a good inventory, you need to know all the hardware, software and firmware for all of the devices that are out there. That includes basically uh, level zero devices. There are level zero devices, that is transmitters and pressure things. They have a CPU in them, smart devices. They Mm -hmm. have software in them. They are vulnerable. There's published vulnerabilities about those. You need to know all the hardware, software, firmware on those devices. Those things plug into a thing called an IO card uh, Mm -hmm. that basically receives that information that goes into a PLC or distributed control system. I apologize for the acronyms. But uh, I think your audience is familiar with I think, these. I, th- I think most of our so, audience is going to pick I up on these so. ones. I think they're good. <laughs> so basically, so all of those things have hardware, software, uh, and on there. And, you know, and you, once you know that, you need to know the manufacturer model, version, and serial number. All of that. A typical processing industry is going to have tens of thousands of items of inventory once you add it all up. Mm-hmm. And to get that level of inventory, even down to level zero, Uh, And even to level one, level one being the actual controllers, the DCS controllers, the PLC controllers, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of companies are still missing that. And ultimately, to have a good security policy, you got to know what you have so you know how you're going to protect it. Companies generally have a pretty good inventory level two up where you have, generally speaking, Windows devices. But it's the level one and zero where so many companies are still lacking. And we are seeing that change, uh, certainly as a company that provides that solution. Uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of momentum in our business because companies are realizing that's something that they have to do. The second piece of it is, is that those devices basically live and breathe on the configuration of them. That is the programming that goes into a PLC or a DCS. That is the logic that makes it do stuff. That is one of the most critical company intellectual property assets they have. Uh, they, that's engineering knowledge that basically makes production go. 
and they need to secure that configuration, making sure that only changes taking place they want to are taking place on those. And again, that's kind of an area where companies are realizing we better do a better job understanding the configuration of those devices and managing it appropriately under the guise of security. So I, I do want to play devil's advocate really yep. quickly because I could just imagine someone in one of these process plants saying, like you mentioned about at a, at a certain level, people know their inventory, but when you get down to level zero, it's not really there. You know, what do you say to someone that's le- saying like, yeah, you know, level zero transmitters, that just doesn't seem important. They're not really connected to the network. Why do Why do I need to inventory those? What's your response to that? I would encourage the audience to go off and do some uh, searches on the CERT website that publishes specific Mm. OT vulnerabilities uh, on uh, various devices. Uh, I will not mention the manufacturer name. There's one manufacturer (laughs) where there is an issue with uh, firmware on a particular smart transmitter that if basically impacted, uh, you could actually take control of that transmitter and do whatever you want with it. Uh, if that particular transmitter is on a safety critical process, I could do all kinds of bad things. So there are actually well-known vulnerabilities on those devices. Getting there is a little more difficult, you bet. But guess what? Here's the here's kind of the funny funny thing. Level two, the engineering layer, the operating layer. If I were to shut that down, that is if I were to cause it to crash, level mm-hmm. one will still work. It will still operate the process. It'll still independently, that's kind of like the autopilot, if you will. It's a bad thing to crash level two. Do not get me wrong. You do not want that to happen. But where the rubber meets the road, the actual production is driven by level one and level zero. And ultimately, if I am an attacker and my goal is not just to steal intellectual property, but to cause an impact in your process or even worse, uh, an incident, a safety incident, I've got to get to level one, level zero to make that happen. I've got to get to the point where I can affect the process. And ultimately, the way I'm going to do that is changing the configuration of level one to make level zero do something I don't want it to do. So ultimately, the worst case scenario that we're all trying to protect against cannot be done unless the attacker gets to that level where you began the conversation. Well, that's not the part that's that important. So so it's a good. It's a good point, but ultimately, that's that's the that's the crown jewel we got to protect. I, I had to toss that one up to you because I figured you'd have a pretty robust response to that, <laughs> it's, and probably not the first time you've heard that before either. Going through this, one one other group I want to make sure we talk about is the Security and Infrastructure Security Agency. You know, group that's responsible for protecting infrastructure. You know, they say that risk is going up, and we've you know we're seeing that across all industries. You sent me a white paper before this called Protecting Critical Assets and Applications. It says the number one thing for leaders to do is learn what's on their network, and we've covered this pretty well so far. Anything beyond that that you'd say is the next thing people should be doing after they have that asset inventory and maybe where PAS comes in to help as well? Sure. So certainly once you know what you have out there and if we're trying to reduce risk, we want to understand what vulnerabilities exist on there so I can reduce my attack surface, right? That's certainly Mm -hmm. a critical thing that you want to do. So once you have that good list, then we can figure out, okay, what, like I said, security is a journey. You're not going to take it to zero. What I want Mm -hmm. to do is to do things where I can both reduce the attack surface, but also recognize that, and the IT world has kind of accepted this, that if you will, 
a breach is inevitable, how can you minimize the impact of that breach? So respond and recover is equally to, if not more important than detect. Mm. So uh, you have to have plans in place to be able to minimize the impact, to be able to recover from uh, an impact and to, uh, you know, minimize the damage of said, said breach. So certainly uh, there's been some publications uh, by some other people as well saying that uh, for a lot of companies, the respond and recover may take out more risk than the actual detection piece of it in the OT world. So that's a critical thing that companies should be looking at to minimize any impacts. Excellent answer. You know, as we're plowing through towards the latter half of our interview, one area that you mentioned at the start um, in our very first question, we talked about process safety, we talked about cybersecurity, and we talked about digitization efforts. We haven't really talked about that last one yet. You know, how does that play in to security, especially in a, a time where things are even more digital? We've been working at home for over six months now. How is that important? What would you expound upon in that area? Yeah, great question. So ultimately, there is a tremendous demand by the business to go on a digitalization journey. It's really interesting. And obviously, in in today's broader uh, economic environment, companies have reduced investments in a number of areas. One thing we've heard is where they have not reduced investments is in digitalization. And that's a big buzzword now, and I understand that. But let's just make Mm -hmm. it very simple. And that is companies have a tremendous amount of data out there. Uh, from Mm -hmm. their processes and other things and from their businesses and their supply chain. And ultimately, uh, there's a lot of business value we can unlock by better understanding that data. That's ultimately what we're trying to do. Sensors are becoming cheaper so we can get more and more data. How am I going to unlock business value? That's really the ultimate goal. And so businesses want to gain an advantage. They want to reduce costs. They want to optimize. So they 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 recognize the value of digitalization which means there is a tremendous demand for data. They want more data. They got to feed the beast. They got to be mm-hmm. able to get all this information. So where do you want to go to for information uh, for the process? The control system has much of what you need. So what they're doing is demanding more data from the processes to feed digitalization. They're also looking for more devices. Devices have gotten cheaper, so they want to put in 5G networks and a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, smart sense or smart uh, you know, sensors out there using wireless networks to get more data out. By doing all of this, by getting more data out, you are essentially putting in more pathways for people to go back in. So ultimately, by going on a digitalization journey, we may be increasing our cyber risk. Now, again, it's manageable if we do it right, but ultimately, Mm -hmm. the business value is too great on digitalization. It's coming. It's like trying to fight the tide. So ultimately, let's make sure that we're doing it in a secure way so we're not, if you will, tipping the scales of the security side towards too much risk. Awesome answer. Because I mean, the last I mean, the last thing anyone in our industry would want to do is discourage someone from going on a digitalization journey. And in fact, it's it's kind of this cool point where you can do something that I mean, it's it, it's that in itself is not a one step process either, much no. like cybersecurity. You got to take it, take it bit by bit. But it's cool that you can build in a security strategy now as you go through that journey. So yeah. it's nothing that you're looking back on afterwards and being like, oh, shoot, we really should have done that. You know, let's uh, let's go back to Keneally's really quickly. Let's say the person that you gave what do you your have answer. To, what, do you, what do you want? 
I'm buying. Oh it. man, you know I'm probably doing. Uh, maybe I'm going to Jameson at this okay. point. I don't know. I, I, well, at this point, sure, why not? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Well, let's say let's say our friend that came up and asked you that first question about you know ensuring OT and uh, uh, ensuring OT integrity is like, wow, you know a lot about cybersecurity. Like, how do I work with PAS? How do you answer that succinctly at the bar as well? What are some of the other things you do? Because we've talked about that. We've talked about asset management. I'd love to hear how someone gets involved with PAS. Yeah. So certainly. You know, PAS, uh, we are a, a global company. The simplest way I would say to get involved with PAS is go to our website and there's a how mm-hmm. do I get started link right there. And certainly we'd be in contact with you very quickly. That's the shortest answer to it. You know, our companies operate globally and so do we. Uh, so we have, uh, you know, offices around the world to serve our customers locally uh, and really focus on uh, solutions to help them on those three areas we talked about improve safety, improve security, and help them on their digitalization. And certainly um, we have seen a Interesting situation arise here. As you mentioned earlier, people are working remotely and we've seen an actually increased demand uh, for our technology and increased use at existing customers because people that used to be able to go to the site, if you will, get information can't anymore. Mm -hmm. And they're relying upon the data that we provide from our technology around the status of safety systems and the status of security programs to actually enable their own remote work. So uh, technology, because of remote work, is actually now going to increase. I think a lot of people recognize that we're not going back. Uh, this this yeah. idea, there's some benefits in remote work as well. So quote, new, this is the new normal. Or they may not, you know, we may not be locked in our bedrooms forever. Uh, but there's going to be more remote work as we go into the future, and people are going to rely upon technology. And we're happy that we're playing a part there. Uh, helping customers understand what's going on within their operating environments and uh, helping them improve those three key areas. Awesome. Well, for anyone looking to learn more about PAS, uh, PAS.com, Simple Spot, as Mark mentioned, as with everything else we mentioned in this episode, you can find it at the show notes at manufacturinghappyhour.com. Mark, we're in the home stretch, and I always I love to ask this one. Is there anything you wish I would have asked that we haven't touched on yet? Yeah, great question. Actually, another way that uh, perhaps to get engaged with PAS, uh, later this month in October, we are um, hosting an online conference. Uh, Normally, we do it uh, in person every year, but due to circumstances, we're doing it online. Uh, And you can go to our website for more information. But certainly, uh, it's really uh, being driven uh, by our users. Uh, Director Krebs from CISA will also be talking about the state of, of OT security. And I certainly encourage people to um, go on there, uh, or visit our website and sign up and learn lots about what companies are doing to improve safety and security, as well as getting value out of digitalization. Uh, certainly, the, it's also going to be available online uh, for three months after that. So if you're hearing this after uh, uh, that time frame, we certainly uh, hope you can go there and get valuable information from that material. Absolutely. And I will make sure to have the link for that in the show notes as well for easy access for everyone listening. In the meantime, I got to say, Mark, thanks so much for being on Manufacturing Happy Hour. It has been a pleasure, Chris. I appreciate it. And when things return to normal, we can actually go to Keneally's. That would be nice. Absolutely. Well, I look forward to getting back to my old stomping ground. It's been a couple of years since I've been around Houston. So uh, you got me thirsty. So I will see you there <laughs> <Sorry>. soon. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Cheers. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening, and a big thanks to Mark and the gang over at PAS Global for making this interview possible. 
Now, I looked it up after the interview, and it turns out Keneally's is actually a Irish bar that I had been to a number of times when I lived in Houston. Just couldn't remember putting the, the name to the venue. But funny enough, it was literally right across the street from that Red Lion pub that I was mentioning as well. And maybe funnier, I don't know, funnier, more coincidentally, whatever it is, I definitely celebrated like either my 25th or 26th birthday there. I'm born on St. Patrick's Day. It's an Irish bar. Totally appropriate. Anyway, great old school watering hole worth checking out. And if you want to check it out, as always, every resource, every bar, every cybersecurity white paper that we mention in these episodes can be found at the show notes page at manufacturinghappyhour.com. This also includes ways to access the conference that Mark was talking about towards the end of the interview. If you want to attend this virtual conference, you can do that by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash optics. That'll take you straight to the sign-up page. As we wrap up, you know the drill about leaving a five-star rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes, where you can send us your feedback and give us a big virtual hug by leaving a five-star rating and review. And with that, that is it. Thank you so much for sticking around. Thank you so much for hanging out. A happy Cybersecurity Awareness Month to you. And we'll talk to you here on Manufacturing Happy Hour again real soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Manufacturing Happy Hour. Powered by the Industrial Network.